Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Bears coming with the blitz. Rodgers sees it, floats it down the middle. It is caught! Valdez Scantling going to go all the way! Touchdown, Green Bay! 72 yards! You know, MBS, well, I don't know if it would have been a classic Wayne Larrabee, there's your dagger situation. A little too early for even Wayno to make that call. Welcome back to the program. Glad to have you. Hey, our friends over at Newmel Medical Center reminding you that it's a new year. Make it a new you, whether it's uh, the issues in the bedroom or maybe just lack of energy, brain fog, stamina, whatever it happens to be, or maybe just putting on pounds. You put on pounds through the holidays and through the quarantines, and you want to just kind of create a new you. Now's the time to do it. One phone number to get to all their locations, 414-455-4451. That's 414-455-4451. Again, 414-455-4451. That's the new mail medical center joining us now on the schneider orange hotline our good buddy mike clemens uh our green and gold insider standing by and mike uh i mean uh, marquez valdez scanling uh, a lot of uh, discussion today as to whether or not he is you know capable of making big plays at big times he certainly uh garnered one yesterday when he broke away from everybody and that's the reason you have him around because he can blow the lid off of a defense but consistency is not necessarily his forte no it's not um I guess you just hope that that improves, continues to improve over time. We've been saying that for a year and a half or so. Uh, but he did not come up with the big catch in the snow on the first one. Inexplicable because the other one hit him between the eight and the three, you know, on the drop. But that play uh, is all about Aaron Rodgers. When we took the trip to Chico, uh, we were told the story about Aaron Rodgers coming to the line. The clock was going down. It was going to be the final play of the game. His coach almost called timeout. And from standing over center, Rodgers put his hand up to the coach like, don't call timeout. I got this. He took the snap. He rolled. He found an open receiver on a one-on-one. He threw a touchdown. They scored a walk-off touchdown. And then he told all his teammates, get off the field. Don't celebrate. Just get off the field. And they got over to the sideline. And then he informed his coach, we had 12 men on the field. <laughs> That's why they didn't <laughs> to call the timeout. Right. Because, and, and the refs didn't catch it. We got the touchdown. We won the game. He was a sophomore in high school when he did that. Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers comes to the line. 
he sees confusion on the defense. The play clock is winding down. Jamal Williams, normally he would take that back and move him back over in back of the quarterback to help with the pass protection, particularly with that Bears defensive line and David Bakhtiari out. But Rodgers sees the confusion. He sees the opportunity, and he tells Jamal, you can hear him on the tape, saying, stay there, stay there. Snaps the ball, drops back. MVS has got Danny Trevathan on him, not a corner. Wide open, 72 yards touchdown. And Matt LaFleur says he almost called timeout on that play as the play clock was winding down. So in that situation, it was actually a look that we were going to bring the halfback back into the formation and have him in protection. Well, he could tell that the defense was, they were, they were there was some miscommunication on defense. So he rolled with the play, just kept the back out there. And that's what's so special about a guy like Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm sitting there looking at the the play clock, ready to pop a timeout, and I'm I'm just like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna trust that he's got it under control. He saw the matchup, he saw the confusion going on. I we still don't know what necessarily they were trying to do, but there was something messed up. I, I want to say on the defensive side, uh, whether they were supposed to have a, a single high post safety, but there there was definitely a blitz called, and he hung in there. You know, those two guys made a play, but that I think those are the things that. Not everybody understands about a guy like Aaron, just what he's capable of doing, how cool he is under pressure. That just, uh, you, you just, is so special about him. Yeah, which is when, when you start to talk about, well, you know, will Aaron Rodgers be a good quarterback when he's 38, 39, 40? The cerebral side of things is is crazy stupid for what he recognizes, and that's something you can't just teach guys, you know? Patrick Mahomes might still have a cannon that he can – throw that ball 75 yards rolling to his right. But nobody in the league has got that kind of awareness. This guy's had it since he was a kid, like Aaron Rodgers. He's like a football savant almost, you know, Mike? Practically, practically. Yeah. Um, Hey, let me ask you this. The defense on fourth down, uh, not good. But then again, uh, Matt Nagy and company went for it numerous times on fourth down yesterday. And they were successful, too. I mean, they were 6 of 15 on third down. And according to the Packers, according to Nathaniel Hackett, your offensive coordinator, if you can convert 40% or more on third down, you're a playoff team. And that's what the Bears were doing yesterday. And then they, weren't, they were five of six on fourth down. And obviously, keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers. Um, Mitchell Trubisky stopped trying to make him a pocket quarterback. He's never going to be that. He's just still not wired that way. Stop making him having to spend you know, an extra moment or two really trying to read the defense, let him give him those RPOs. He's, he's an athletic kid. He could roll out. He can use his legs. He can, you know, make the short passes. So they dinked and dunked them all day long, and that's why that opening drive was over seven and a half minutes and the Packers only had the ball one time in the first quarter. And that's the way he went through much of the game. And Matt Nagy was talking about how his offense was great on fourth down, but the thing where – Mike Pedden, you know, the bend don't break. He was killing them in the red zone. Here's Matt Nagy after the game. Uh, we had six fourth down conversions, which is probably more than we had all year long. Um, time of possession against this team is what we wanted. You know, we had 35 to 24 time of possession, and that's hard to do against them. Uh, our defense to come out in the, the third quarter there and to get those that five and out and that, that three and out. If you get an opportunity, to, he throws you a ball. Uh, I'd love to be able to 
make that an interception with the, with two or three three of those that we had. We didn't, but we did get off the field. So I give credit there. Um, again, red zone for them was good. Red zone for us was bad. He's right. I mean, the red zone was what it came down to. Even when the Packers had their backs against the wall after the turnover, they only gave up a field goal. So when the Packers are scoring touchdown, the Bears are only putting up field goals. That kind of equates to uh, you know the way that uh, the, the Packers get the win and. You know, I mean, uh, you know, they they did some their things differently with Mitch Trubisky, and the Bears look a little bit better. But still, I just think pound for pound, the Packers were just a better team. And the Bears' offense is also a little one-dimensional right now, too, because after David Montgomery, they really don't have a running back um, after that. Trubisky, um, then, of course, they get to the one fourth and one at the Green Bay 24. I think they're down 21-16. That could have made it a game maybe 11 minutes to go, and he rolls to his right, and he's going to try and drop one off to Allen Robinson. And Shannon Sullivan, by this time, recognizes the play, jumps in front of it, bats that ball away. Uh, you know, huge stop there for Green Bay early in the fourth quarter. So Mitch Trubisky, here he starts out as the starter. They can't score in the first half. Uh, then they, they're playing a horrible game against a struggling Falcons team. He gets benched. Nick Foles comes in. Later they would be playing the Saints in a game that they played into overtime against the Saints. They brought in Trubisky for one play, and he jacked up his shoulder. He hurt his shoulder on this kind of gadget play, and so he was, you know, couldn't go back in if they wanted to for the next several weeks. Then he comes back in. He loses to Green Bay in, in his restart, but the, the confidence builds. They work with Bill Lazor more, calling plays, and then they win three in a row. And son of a gun, here they got a shot at getting into the postseason thanks to the Cards losing their game, their quarterback getting hurt. So Trubisky asked, despite being benched and then a six-game losing streak there in the middle of the season, how about the fact that you're actually still going to be in the playoffs? It's huge. I mean, this is what you work for. Uh, really, after that, fourth and one was really the turning point for us. Uh, when, when the game was 21-16 and we were going down the score, we were there to compete, but we got to be able to finish games, and a big part of that is, is my play. The season didn't go the way we envisioned it, but you have a new opportunity, so really none of that matters. So you just got to take advantage of that opportunity, and I'm very grateful for that. So it has got to be our best week. It's got to be my best week, and um, it's up to me to lead this team and make sure everyone's bringing that attitude that we got to have a great will about us and a great sense of urgency to prepare, have this be our best game preparation-wise, and then go out and then execute to the best of our abilities because uh, just the way the season went, all the ups and downs and everything in between, uh, to be in the position we are now, we're, we're very fortunate, but a lot of that is credit to the team sticking together and, and, and just hard work across the board. As much as I want to look at the Packers heading into the postseason, Mike, and say, well, you know what, I don't think the defense can be as problematic as maybe we thought six, seven, eight weeks ago. Uh, but, boy, special teams has certainly reared its ugly head in a couple of different circumstances here in the last four, five, six games. And it started off weird. I've never seen a challenge flag throw with no time off the clock. That's a good point. That's a good point. No, uh, offense is best in the business. Defense keeps on seeming to get better every week in terms of being more physical. They talk about even a higher level of, of work ethic in, in studying during the week. But special teams, again, you got you, if you got seven or eight special teams plays in a game and you screw up two of them or three of them, and Special teams makes all the difference. And I, I go back to that Super Bowl. We covered, I think it was in Atlanta, and it was the Rams and Sean McVay against the Patriots. 
and everybody said what a horrible game was 10-3 and I'm telling you I was there it was a pitcher's duel it was some of the best special teams I'd ever seen it was all about field position and it was all about how the Patriots secondary knew every dang play that Sean McVay and Jared Goff were going to try and run and they, they even the best open ball they had that day it looked like a touchdown the Patriots were able to pick it off in the end zone and then came the special teams and the positioning there was only three punts between both those teams in the game because they kept on going for it on fourth down with Chicago, and the Packers' offense was efficient. They only had the ball 44 snaps to Chicago's 74. At the start of the game, though, explain to me what the deal was with, and you got Tavon Austin with that fumbled uh, punt, but at Mm -hmm. the start of the game, Cordell Patterson, to me, it looked like he touched that ball inbounds, and it should have been at the 1, not out of bounds at the 40, right? I mean, isn't that the way it looked like to you? It it did. It, you know, they said it happened simultaneously. But the way you understand the rules, that if the ball takes you out of bounds, where the you know, if you don't have possession of it, uh, then that's where the ball lays dead, and that means the ball would have taken you out of bounds, which means that the ball's out in the forty. Is if he would have caught it and then ran out of bounds, that would have been out at the one yard line. So for the rest of the game, Mason Crosby is kicking it, you know, out of the end zone, and so that Patterson, one of the best in the business could not return it. But Shamanenga tried something to ask Mason, kick it to the right corner. It would be to his left side, and he might struggle picking it up, and maybe we can get something happening here early in the game if we win the toss and we elect to defer and all that. And instead, you know, the Bears get it to 40, and they drive, and they score the first touchdown. Now, a lot of these teams are using these onside kicks, and we know about onside kicks. Remember Brandon Bostic? Okay. Mm-hmm. Teams are using that watermelon kick. And uh, there's this thing where some people are saying, you know, if you got one foot in and one foot out and, and you take the ball, that you can neutralize it. You don't have to necessarily recover it, but you can stop the play right there on an onside kick. Now, Sean Menenga, the special teams coach, was asked this last Friday. On an onside kick, if a guy's foot is out of bounds and he touches the ball, the ball is the ball still live and does it matter whether he's on the kicking team or the receiving team? I don't want to answer that wrong. I'd have to go back and look at the rules myself as far as you're, you're putting me on the spot right here, right off the top of my head. I'd have to go back and look at it myself and, and reread the rules as far as – so I don't I don't want to answer you wrong right there. All right. Well, there you go. He, had to, he clearly went back and looked at the rules because we all saw it happen in, in a weird way uh, in the beginning of that game. And then, obviously, like I said, the challenge flag is thrown. Let's do this. That's we'll step away. We'll take awkward moment, though, Bill. Th- that is. That, that, that's, <laughs> that's where awkward. you're – well, your special teams coach is supposed to know that. I mean, that's the one thing is on special teams you're supposed to know the rules. So for him to say, i got to be sure, I get it. Uh, you know, but they have also, we, we, you know, have told guys, hey, if you, take a, if you take a step out of bounds when you're touching the football, then it's out of bounds, and therefore you can bring the ball back to the 40 and actually gain 20, 30 yards uh, of relief for your team. So uh, they clearly know something about it. Uh, let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Uh, Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Trubisky loads up and intercepted by Amos. Adrian Amos looking for blocks. Has a couple inside the 30, and the big interception haunting Trubisky. He's been so good today, but ill-advised that time, and the Packers take over. 
you know, it, it, it was kind of weird. Um, it just felt like they had the ball for, you know, a very long time. You know, they was converting them third and shorts, fourth and um, fourth and shorts, um, things like that. So, you know, it, if it's one thing that when we look on the film that we, we want to clean up, it, it's those um, letting them get to them short yard situations where um, we don't want to put ourselves in them situations of being third and third and one, fourth and one. Let's let's get our, our work done more in the um, early downs. Those are the words of Adrian Amos, the stabilizing factor in the secondary for the Green Bay Packers. Welcome back. The Bill Michael Show continues on. And uh, we're joined by our Green and Gold Insider, Mike Clemens. And, uh, Mike, uh, man, uh, Adrian Amos has certainly come in and been a stabilizing factor. But, uh, you know, now you move into the postseason and you look for experience. I guess some of the guys, Bakhtiari, obviously not there. But you look at some of the other guys and you say, you know, to Aaron Rodgers, it starts with him and ends with him because they had that successful season in 2010 and then obviously in 2011 when they were the top seed and they get knocked off. So, that's kind of where you start. You start looking for those guys that have that experience that can kind of guide some of these young guys through this. Aaron Rodgers has been banging the drum all season, essentially after they beat the Saints in New Orleans, and so they had a feel for how good their team was. They felt real good about how their offense ran week one against the Vikings. Like, wow, this stuff is working so much better than it did last year. And so that's why he said Saints – Buccaneers, somebody said, let's get these guys to come to Green Bay. Let's play one of those teams up in Green Bay, and that's how we can you know, get, in, get past this and get into the Super Bowl. So in 2011, they go 15-1. and one. They lost that one game to the Chiefs, and they get one and done to the Giants. And they, were, they had a depleted secondary, Green Bay did in that game. That was one of the things that Eli Manning was able to take advantage of. And the second thing was was the Joe Philbin tragedy. Remember, mm-hmm. his son Michael right. died like Wednesday or something that week. The funeral's on Friday, and they had to play a game, a playoff game, on Saturday at Lambeau Field. And it, you know, it just it tore the heart out of that team. So that's one of the things that happened in that one and done season after you go fifteen and one, coming off your Super Bowl year and, and just outstanding performance offensively. So Rodgers was asked. Is there any lessons you can take from 2011 when you guys were the one seed? Yeah, I think for me, maybe. I think for so many guys here, it's just it's new territory. It's a different uh, different league. Um, obviously, there's only one by. Um, we played in this game so many, uh, all of us played. You know, in 11, uh, I set out and uh, Maddie went out and put on a show. You know, we had some guys who didn't play in that game. So, you know, it's nice to be able to go in playing we need i think we need the buy we need a couple guys to get healthy um we're a little banged up and then obviously the weather is uh is a big factor a big helper for us in green bay so i'm not worried about any uh you know, any rust or anything we've been real solid all season in, in situational football and we were again today on third down in red zone so i like i like our chances moving forward so mike uh we talked about david bakhtiari not being there and i know um, play action's a big deal for the Green Bay Packers. The one thing about it, without Bakhtiari, how much will it disrupt that rhythm of play action, that uh, that extra second you get in the pocket because Bakhtiari's there to get a guy open, things like that? You wonder how the loss of Bakhtiari is going to affect uh, the, the the movement of the offense. Yeah, like if you got to go up against that Bucks defensive line again, um, yep. are you going to need to get Billy Turner some help? Are you going to have to bring in a guy? Because otherwise, you might want to spread out to help set up, you know, your pass play. 
Um, you remember when they went 15-1 and and then one and done against the Giants, and they came back the next year. Here, so here they win the Super Bowl, and they're 15-1, and one, and the next year they're like 4-4. Four and four. And the thing that was different was they were still healthy and struggling. Mm-hmm. And I told you, and I can reveal now, that Rodgers told me off to the side of the locker, I go, well, what's going on? He said three things, and I remember I told you this. Yep. Kind of off the air, but it's like it helped us figure out what was going to go on the next month or so. And they turned around and got to the playoffs again anyways. He says, number one, the refs right now, we're trying to run more of a huddle-up offense. They're taking forever to set the football, and it's screwing up the tempo. Number two, we miss Joe Philbin because Philbin had t- taken the head coaching job with the Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And he said Joe Philbin was so good at those in-game adjustments and figuring out early what the defense was trying to do, and then we could react and make adjustments, and he could get that to the play called McCarthy. And the third thing was they were having troubles at center. That's when Jeff Saturday was in there. So, mm-hmm. and, he told, and, he, and he gave us that information. And that's in the back of my mind about how this young group, between LaFleur and other playing the calls, and he's got Luke Gexy as his quarterback coach, and he's got Nathaniel Hackett, and Rodgers is out there running the game, but someone's got to spot this stuff. And tell Rogers, what do you see? So I asked Hackett about that, and also about why is his why is their play action so much better this year in year two than it was last year? You know, I, I think it's you know when we all got together, we wanted to be sure we were balanced, and we wanted to be sure that everything looked the same, and people wouldn't know if it was a run or a pass. We also wanted them to have to cover the entire field, um, which stresses the defense out. So if they don't know if it's a run or a pass, and they got to cover the whole field, you're going to put some defenses in, in a bind. I think we've done a really good job with that uh, across the board. I, I think both marrying the run and the pass, and, and then I mean, the protection has been great up front uh, with the offensive line. They've done an awesome job. And then when you can run the ball, uh, I mean, <laughs> that's going to open a lot of things uh, on those second and third levels. And I think that it's just everything's meshed really well. I think everybody's done a great job being on the same page, understanding what they need to do, why we're calling things. I think it's it's a huge credit to the coaches and to the players. I mean, our mental errors are way down compared to last year. So I think knowing what to do is always the first step in it. And, and when the guys know what to do, then you can start talking about those fundamentals and different ways to just get better at, at their craft. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing that those guys get better at their craft and understanding the big picture so much more. And, and, and that's when the things come alive on the field and big plays are had. One year, uh, Aaron and the Packers went 15 and one the next year, they got off to this rough start on offense. And after about a month or two into the season, Aaron said, you know what? We missed Joe Philbin. He had taken the job in Miami because of his ability to diagnose what the defense was bringing up. What is that role like for you in those first two or three series to figure out what are the wrinkles? What are they doing different? And and what's that process like? I think you're kind of doing it throughout the entire game. I think, you know, all the coaches are. I think you go in with a game plan um, on how you want to attack a team. You, uh, and then for us, everything, uh, you know, a lot of the time when we play people, you know, have an Aaron back there, people want to give them different looks. Um, so you just have to be ready for anything and everything. You know, I feel like we do a great job in preparation leading up to the game to try to be prepared for anything that we might be able to see, whether uh, it's at the pressure or whether we think we might have gotten beat the week prior on something, potentially getting that. We just try to put the guys through so many different things so that when it does get to game day, you know, we're always looking for that. We're looking for something that might be open. We want to be sure that we have enough um, enough different uh, versatility in the plan to be able to adjust. So uh, it's one of those things, you know, it's just something we're always adjusting. We're always trying to 
get the best play and get the guys in the best position. And and myself, Matt, all the coaches, we're all, we're all trying to adjust it and see how we can attack. Let's do this. We'll step away. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up with Mike Clemens, our Green and Gold Insider. He's uh, on the line with us. Hang in there. we got more of the Bill Michaels Show next. Wisconsin-wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. And goal over the middle. Caught for the touchdown by Adams. And the first round by is in reach. Says a lot about our team, man. I mean, just shows the resilience that we have. I mean, it's not easy to go out against. It's a good team. Doesn't matter what, how many games they lost in a row or, or whatever it was. Um, you know, when they hit a tough spot in the season, but. You look around, they got a, they got really good personnel. They got a, um, a quarterback who doesn't get a whole lot of respect, but he, he can he can create and he can do a lot of different things, you know, that, that make it tough to go against, especially when. Welcome back. Bill Michael's show continues on. Devontae Adams, uh, between him and Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of like the modern-day version of Joe Montana and Jerry Rice. I mean, they are on just a different a different level right now. The way they're uh, the way they're getting it done. Aaron Rodgers breaking his own touchdown record, throws up forty eight, breaks it by three. As a matter of fact, Devontae Adams setting records, and he played three, four less games than uh, Sterling Sharp did. So I mean, it's just an amazing season that these two have put together between them. And uh, you know, Mike uh, Mike Clemens joining us, our Green and Gold Insider. Mike, uh, you know, it's just it it's to watch them right now. You could say that maybe the most important non-quarterback MVP candidate in the league would either be Derrick Henry or maybe Devontae Adams by the way he's playing. It's just it's been amazing to watch. An interesting thing we learned last week post game that Devontae said was, you know what? He said, if you just give me single coverage, I'm not worried about what the defense is doing. And and when they see that, there's some teams that say, you know what, we'll we'll do other things and scheme this out. I know it sounds simple, but they, you know, the Bears did go with double coverage with put Kyle Fuller on him and then a safety or another defensive back. What was interesting is it took 3 quarters for the Packers to adjust and say, "Well, let's move Devontae inside." And that's when things got going for him. They've got to react sooner to that. But he gets the six catches. He surpasses Sterling Sharp for most receptions in a season for the setting a franchise record. And there's these intimate moments that we haven't been able to share with the team after these wins that Aaron Rodgers even said, you know, I feel sorry for you guys, but he talked about what he said to number 17 after the game last night. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what I told Tay in the locker room. I said 13 and a half games, and then you just had the greatest season of a Packer receiver in history. And I meant it, and it got me emotional, gets me emotional in this moment. It, it, I'm glad that they've got that connection. That goes to show, and all the stuff that he has talked about in regards to Devonte Adams is heartfelt and meaningful. He talks about his leadership. He talks about his respect. He talks about his friendship. All of that comes into play when he says, it makes me emotional now. you got vocal leaders you know, emerging. Zadarius trying to pick that up, and Adrian Amos really stepping it up over on defense. We talked about, though, you got to figure out something better for identity. You got guys in the back end, like, you know, I'm the one that asked two, two, three weeks ago, hey, coach, can you tell me about 49, Dominique Daphne? And that's when, you know, I get other people looking at me like, why are you asking about the last guy? Because these guys, you only got two tight ends right now. I don't right. think Sternberger's going to make it. 
and the guy ends up catching a touchdown and making a great play on special teams. You could see it when they were using it on special teams two weeks ago, and, and during the warm-ups, this kid's got size, and he's got some pretty good hands. And LaFleur raved about him then, and he's you know raving about him now after the game. And then it's LaFleur, who's you know straight, let the players be the star. I'll open my door, I'll listen to what the players say a little bit in terms of changing the schedule. But LaFleur went to Jamal Williams, the guy who likes to dance through practice, and he kind of made him a, a bet. He goes, if we win this game in Chicago, I'll do a Jamal Williams dance for you. So LaFleur talked about that after the game. I, I don't know if you can call it that, but uh, I told I, I was telling Jamal that, you know, we take care of business. I'll, I'll bust out a few moves now. They're not very good, but um, I've never been known for my dancing ability. But uh, he inspires me on a daily basis, just – how he brings it every day in practice on the on the, on the field, um, and so I've been. I told him he's got to, he's got to teach me a few moves. And uh, I don't know. I, did they ever come out with a video? Did they show Matt Lafleur in any video right now, uh, busting a move, Mike? Or are we just they hearing? They haven't released any okay. video of the locker room all season. I don't think the crew's actually allowed in there. Okay. Of COVID, they're trying to keep I it. thought maybe one of the players had posted or something. Maybe they had a phone. Oh, maybe. Like yeah, maybe. Yeah, Or somebody but dropping a trophy. Yeah. No, that's yeah. the Badgers. Sorry, I'm off topic. <laughs> hey, uh, Snacks Harrison saw some time with the Packers, too, and he, uh, he, he did what he was there to do. He's in there because he's a veteran, and he's got more experience than Anthony Rush, the 260-pounder. They claim that Snacks is only 339. Uh, you know, not from what I saw on the practice field. But this guy is a character because, you know, he moved his family from Detroit to Seattle, and he was asked, how many kids have you got, Snacks? Oh, you got pen and paper, man. It's it's seven of them. I have seven, right? And ages 10, I'm sorry, 12, 10, 6, 3, one-year-old twins, and a five-month-old. Make sure I didn't miss anybody. 12, 10, <laughs> 6, 3-year-old, yeah, 1-year-old twins, and my 5-month-old. That's 7. Yeah, yeah, that's 7. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to start going, wait a minute, let me, you know, that's like Huey, Dewey, Louie, you know, going through the whole, you know, hand list there. Yeah, you got to make sure. You, you, can, you don't want to miss any of the kids. For him to just have a shopping spree and buy the toy store for his family. Exactly. Like Christmas yeah. Time, yeah. Completely agree with you. Completely agree. Hey, uh, this week, guys are uh, out on the bye, and uh, I guess uh, the one thing is don't get COVID. Beyond that, take care of yourself, right? That, and there's an awful lot of guys. You know, I the first guy I think of is Darius Smith and that ankle he's been dealing with and what a right. break it is for him or the shots that Aaron Jones took yesterday, maybe even A.J. Dillon from the week before. Everybody's got bumps and bruises from the quarterback on down. That's why you want that bye. And it's one less game is one step closer to Tampa Bay. We shall see. Uh, you know, we always have that if the Packers are going, we have a standing offer from our buddy Bob. He uh, he contacted me last night and said, hey, the house, yeah. Yeah, the, house is, uh, the house is available. So That would be awesome. That it's not awesome. that far of a trek if we have to after we go there on a on a moment's notice to have some lodging. So yeah, no, I you know wouldn't it be wouldn't it be like Aaron Rodgers, the last time he went to Super Bowl it's 16 degrees and an ice storm. It was a ghost town in Dallas when you and I were down right. there. Right. 
And then the next time he went to the Super Bowl is in the middle of a pandemic. It was just I know, easy. right? Yeah. Hey, they win, they win, though. That'll at least bring us a little bit of joy coming out of the pandemic. Good stuff, Mike. We'll talk later this week. Thank you, Billy. See you, buddy. That's it. Time for us to go. Reminder tomorrow, Donald Driver. We go back 10 years and talk about that Super Bowl run, and we compare that lad team to this year's team. Double D is going to be joining us in the last hour of the program tomorrow. Until then, have a go. Listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.